Yes, so how does it feel to be a Rolling Stone? Probably not that good right now. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Ken. I hope you got your coffee. I hope you got your virtual donut. Why don't you come on in, pull up a chair, kick off those shoes, and stay a while. I'm really glad you're here. Yeah, so you, if you are part of Rolling Stone magazine... You probably don't feel so good, uh, according to a recent article I read from NPR.org, NPR.org, uh, by the writer Sheldon Pierce. Sheldon Pierce. Yeah, Sheldon Pierce wrote an article entitled, The Rock Hall is Crumbling. Is it worth saving? Once again, um... Sheldon Pierce wrote an article called Rock Hall is Crumbling. Is it worth saving? And uh, in, in this article, um, I, read, I, I read, he talks about uh, Jan Werner's, Jan Werner's, who was one of the co-founders of, well, he worked for Rolling Stone magazine, and also he was um, on the board of the Rock Hall, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is a joke, but that's a whole other story. So um, the, the article caught my attention because it says, you know, basically, is the Rock Hall worth saving? But as I dove into the article, I I realized this wasn't just about the Rock Hall or Jan Werner or Rolling Stone magazine. It was about racism. That's right, racism on Mornings with Ken. Hey, welcome to Mornings with Ken, where we talk about pleasant things that just make you feel good. To get your day started, but not today. Please allow me to uh, vent a little bit today because I'm a little done. I'm a little done with some people waving the flag of racism on everything. Um, Now, I don't know who wouldn't be familiar with Rolling Stone magazine, Maybe you little, you little teenies out there, you little teenagers out there, might not might not know what Rolling Stone magazine was. But Rolling Stone magazine was founded in nineteen sixty seven, and uh, it was 
really the biggest music magazine uh, for rock and roll. There were others, uh, but Rolling Stones really just uh, captured the market. And they they would do interviews of uh, rock singers and political uh, interviews with political leaders. They were big into the social justice movement before Black Lives Matter. There was Rolling Stone magazine. Um, politically, they were they were very far left. Um, <laughs> you would never have found Rolling Stone magazine even come close. To, to supporting any conservative ideas. They were a left a left-leaning music magazine, if you would, if you will, but also they did other stories around what was happening around the world. And uh so they took their name from Bob Dylan's song Like a Rolling Stone. But in this article is the rock and roll worth saving by Sheldon Pierce from NPR.org. He talks about how racist the magazine is, or was, during the leadership of Jan Werner. Well, I thought, wait a minute, this can't be true. Just, just You can't believe everything you read. And I guess what struck me is that um, this uh, writer, Sheldon Pierce, how did he get away with writing such an obvious false uh, narrative? This article, it, it's its just, was there no research done? So, um, let me give you a little, uh, a little quote from the article. And he's quoting Claire's Claire's, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this last name. Barenberg, Claire ba- Barenberg, who worked um, for in the office. Every day. Now let me let me start. To, let me let me backtrack here. Quote. Every day, it was strictly. Rock and roll, white bands. He would no more put a black person on the cover than a man on the moon. Let me read this this quote again. This is a former Rolling Stones uh, personnel claiming that um, the magazine was racist, especially Jan Werner. Let me read that quote one more time. Quote, every day it was strictly rock and roll white bands. He would never, he would no more put a black person on the cover than a man on the moon. Speaking of Rolling Stone magazine. So that's, um, that is a direct quote from Sheldon Pierce's article. Um, in a, a few paragraphs later, um, Sheldon Pierce talks about how it, it, it stymied women 
and artists of color. So, okay. So me being the truth seeker of all things true and false, <laughs> I dove right into that. That's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's, let's take a look at this. So here is the truth. Rolling, Rolling Stone magazine started in 1967, the very end of 1967. So the year of 1967 was not a full year of publication for Rolling Stone magazine. It only, I, it only had three months, I believe. It had three issues in 1967 because it was the first year and it was at the end of the year. So, what are you talking about? October, November, December. So, in the, in the very first year, the second issue of Rolling Stone magazine the cover was with Tina Turner. Now, now let, me, let me go back to that quote again. Let me go back to this quote from, um, in, in his article, Sheldon Pierce, Jan Werner's Rock and Roll Hall is Crumbling. Is it worth saving? And then here, Sheldon Pierce, the, the writer of this article, talks about um, Rolling Stone magazine back in the, in, the, in, in the founding days. Quote, every day it was strictly rock and roll white bands. He would no more put a black person on the cover than a man on the moon. And then uh, a few paragraphs later, um, he, I don't have the quote, but you can look it up, npr.org. Um, he stymied women and artists of color. So let me go back. 1967, the very end of the year. It did not have a full year. It was October, November, December. The very second issue <laughs> has Tina Turner on the cover. Okay, so I figured... All right, well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, all right. Let's just say, okay, well, he just, Tina Turner, he just threw her on there. Means nothing. Okay, let's, let's move on to 1968. Now, remember, Rolling Stone magazine, 12 issues a year, sometimes only 10 issues a year. They Sometimes they'd only be 10 issues a year. Sometimes they would be 12 issues a year. Keep that in mind. So you only have at the most 12 issues. Sometimes only 10 issues for that during that year. Let's move on to 1968. Otis Redding. Everybody know who Otis Redding is? Yeah, he's not a white classic rock guy. Okay, Otis Redding. Again, in 1968, Jimi Hendrix twice that year. 
1968, you got Otis Redding on the cover. And then twice you have Jimi Hendrix on the cover for a 10 or 12 month issue. Now keep in mind, Rolling Stone magazine was more than just a music magazine. They also talked politics, so they would often have political leaders, um, collage pictures on the cover. Remember, this is this too is during the Vietnam War. So the Vietnam War is going on. So often they would have something related to the war on the magazine. Okay, keep that in mind. 10 or 12 issues. So you, you have limited covers, okay? But I already got Otis Redding and Jimi Hendrix, and Jimi Hendrix is on there twice. So keep that in mind. 1969, Sun Ray. Sun Ray was a jazz musician. Sun Ray was a jazz musician. Um, all these people are 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 African American. Okay. All right. Chuck Berry, the great Chuck Berry. Tina Turner again in 1969. Tina Turner. They must have been in love with Tina Turner. She's on there again the next, you know, 1969. Um, Miles Davis. We all know the great Miles Davis. Notice here you got some jazz guys. So it's not even white rock and roll as he states later in uh, his article. You got some jazz musicians here. Okay, let's well let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Eh, none of that counts. All right, let's move on to nineteen seventy. Sly and the Family Stones. Hmm. Remember, ten or twelve it or twelve issues for that year. Sly and Family Stones, Little Richard, and Jimi Hendrix. Little Richard and Jimi Hendrix, nineteen seventy. Man, I'm still, I'm still looking for some of those classic. What he, what he calls classic white bands. Um. Now there were some. I'm just reading, the 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 names of the covers of. Black African Americans. All right, we'll, we'll, get, we'll move on to some other stuff here later. So, 1971, Muhammad Ali. Okay? Not music, but like I said, the magazine was known to cover different uh, stories, and Muhammad Ali was a very important figure, uh, especially in 1971, not only as the greatest boxer to ever live, but also because of the Vietnam War. Michael Jackson, 1971. Ike and Tina Turner. Ike and Tina Turner. I'm telling you, somebody was in love with Tina Turner. Because she, she's basically, every year, she's, she's in this magazine. 
1971, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jackson, Ike, and Tina Turner. 1972, Marvin Gaye. Okay, you know, Marvin Gaye there. So let's move on to... 1973, yeah, 1972, um, you know, it was, I'd have to look into it deeper to see who else was on the cover that year. 1973, we have Diana Ross, Diana Ross in 1973. All right, and that's it for 73. 1974, Marvin Gaye and Richard Pryor. Huge, huge name. Of course, Richard Pryor, the comedian, and Marvin Gaye, the just legend that he was. 10 or 12 issues a year. So you got it, you're dealing with all kinds of music and world events, American events. 1975, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Again, 1975, Muhammad Ali makes it again. Okay. 1976. Um, I looked in 1976. They did some weird stuff in 1976. Um, they did a lot of crap covers. Just... Uh, Mosaic-type covers and uh, compilation, compilation covers. Not really... You'll look that up and see what you think about 1967 um, Rolling Stone covers. Uh, it's just really a bad year for, for covers. Um, 1977, Diana Ross and O.J. Simpson. 1977, Diana Ross and O.J. Simpson. Two of the biggest names at the time. Of course, O.J. Simpson, because he was, uh, at the time, great running back, tremendous running back. Um, so he's on the cover. And I think it's because he was switching over to acting close to that time. Well, I'm not sure. I have to look into that. But later he'd be in uh, movies, so... In 1978, Donna Summer, Muhammad Ali again makes the cover. Kareem and Ab Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, 1978. And uh, have you have you noticed something? Um, quite a few women out here too. Diana Ross. Um, of course, Tina Turner. Uh, let's see. You know, Sly and the Family Stone. So there's some women represented there. But out of 10 to 12 issues, that's what... I mean, you have limited, uh, limited issues... And th that's who made the cover. Now, you would say, okay, well, okay, so maybe that's 
three to four percent of that year, which if you look at the if you want to do that pie chart stuff, actually you're over representative represented on the pie chart of diversity of album covers. You're actually over represented. But um so I was looking, okay, well who mostly made those who made a lot of those covers? Well, unfortunately, because these it kind of makes me sick, is the Beatles were on there all the time. I mean, the Beatles were the biggest thing in music in the late 60s coming into the 70s. So unfortunately, the Beatles were on there a ton of times. Um, and John Lennon was on there a, a, a ton of times. And Yoko Ono. And also, remember back in um, one of his quotes from... Again, we're going over the article written by Sheldon Pierce talking about how racist um, Rolling Stone magazine was. And he says, it stymied women, women in music and artists of color. Well, I don't think you can make a case for that. Um, women of color, I do you not count... Yoko Ono as a woman of color. I don't, I don't, I didn't make up these terms. I don't know who's, who's a, who's, who's a color of a color and not a color of a color. Someone else decided that. So if you want to use that term, you got Yoko Ono. And, um, you also had this lady from Japan, not Yoko Ono, but you had this other lady, um, I, I guess she was famous, but I didn't, I don't even know how to say her name, but she was a famous young Japanese uh, singer. And she was also on the cover of the magazine. But again, as I was looking through this, I saw where a lot of, most of the other covers for those years had a lot to do with the Beatles Yoko Ono, uh, oh, some of the, the, the other one. Led Zeppelin did make a cover. Creedence Clearwater Revival, because that was popular, and because of the Vietnam War and some songs that they wrote. But it wasn't a lot of classic rock bands like this article leads you to believe. If you read this article, you would think, oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, it must have been a ton of white bands on all the covers. But that was not the case. Um in fact, let me tell let me let me share with you who during the prime of their career let me share some bands with you. During the prime of the career through the seventies, these, if you will, white classic groups who the article thinks made the cover, did not make the cover. So according to Sheldon Pearson, these artists probably made all the covers for like a 10-year period from 67 to 78. Uh, let, me, let me see. Um, these are bands who did not make the cover during this time period that Sheldon, Pearson, Sheldon Pierce mentions. Kiss. 
um, a band that exploded on the scene. Um, no, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Journey, nope. ACDC, nope. Black Sabbath, like broke modes, just, uh, uh, yeah, whatever. The Eagles, the Eagles did not make the cover. The Eagles, did you hear that? The Eagles. Deep Purple, nope, 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 no classic rock. Um, Queen, Queen did not make the cover. Boston did not make the cover. More than a feeling, no feeling and no love for Boston. Doobie Brothers, nope, 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 no Doobie Brothers. Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd, who in the 70s, just, I don't even have to explain it. No, 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 no. They didn't make the cover, but, uh, you know, all right, let's let's not get. I got to watch what I say. The Ramones, the Ramones, who were tremendously influenced in in the uh, punk era. Kansas, the the band Kansas, who had so many hits. Tom Petty, no, no. Van Halen. Do I need to uh, bring out Van Halen's resume? No, I didn't make the cover during this time period. Of when Sheldon Pierce says um, that Rolling Stone magazine was uh, was for classic white bands. Mm. Nah, I'm not finding that there. So, you know, guys, my point is of today's show: be careful what you say. Be careful what you say when you. You make a false narrative. So now you have some young kids out there who believe that Rolling Stones was the most racist um, music magazine there ever was because you created a false narrative. And it's the opposite is so... The opposite is just totally the opposite. You'll, you find great diversity on the covers of Rolling Stone magazine. And I don't even know why we're talking about racism on the cover of a magazine because something does or does not exist. That I find that kind of odd. But people are so quick to raise up the flag of racism on every single issue. And I think we need to be very, very careful about doing so. So with that being said, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye now.
Isn't free.